In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. What to wear? That's a question many of us ask early in the morning. We look at the weather. What to wear? It's a question I ask. I'm having dinner with people I don't know very well later this week. Uh, Do they want to see the priest in all black? Or do they want a summer version of the priest? Or do they want a casual John? Um, I know a couple that's getting married next summer. And you better believe what to wear is a big question for them right now. Some of you may know the name Gareth Southgate. He had that question, what to wear, some time back. Uh, Mr. Southgate uh, got famous during the recent World Cup. He's the manager or the coach for the All England team and took the England team all the way to, I guess it was the semifinals. He had been a player himself. And so when he was made manager, when he became coach, he had a decision to make what to wear. And so if you know anything about Gareth Southgate, you know he chose to wear a waistcoat and tie, what we would call in this country a vest and tie. And so he's that soccer coach, always looking dapper on the sidelines. He was on all the papers during the World Cup, and uh, Marks and Spencer in England sold out of vests or waistcoats. Someone did a study and said that during uh, every time England played soccer during the World Cup, uh, the word waistcoat was Googled every 12 minutes. <laughs> he became famous because he represented a certain aspect of England that uh, I think in that country when their government as, is as dysfunctional as ours, and they were looking for something to, to sort of have pride in. And there was someone who represented the best of, of dignity and, and, and being a dapper gentleman even on the field. But for Gareth Southgate, the the decision was a different one. He needed to show that he was a different person from simply being the player on the team. And so somehow wearing this vest and tie uh, connoted a certain power, a certain authority. He's the manager. He's the coach. Do what he says. What do we put on to make us feel strong? What do we put on to give a little extra confidence or, or help us remember our role or our uh, position in a, a simple situation? Do we have particular things we put on that, that help us fight fear? Um, a lucky hat or a lucky scarf or a lucky shirt, makeup, jewelry. Does wearing a cross help us in some way? Do we carry a lucky object of some sort? Most of us probably have something or have had something. Uh, The tie we wore when we got that big job. The the shoes we wore when we fell in love. uh, The ring, the blouse, the t-shirt, you name it. In today's second reading from Ephesians, St. Paul suggests a whole wardrobe Of course, he's not talking about material things. Just the opposite. Paul is talking about deeply spiritual things. 
But when we're afraid, when we're insecure, when we're not sure we've got the strength or the confidence to get through whatever it is that lies ahead, Paul reminds us there's a whole closet full of things at our disposal. In fact, they can save us. Put on the whole armor of God, Paul says. Simone Crockett, who's written a lot on our stained glass windows, um, pointed out to me just before we came out that in the, the back window, way up top at the very, very top, are these various things, the whole armor of God. We'll see if we can't get a, a close-up picture and illustrate it a little better. The physical things we fear, though they may be scary, Paul says are not the things to worry about. Worry about the spiritual things that can get to us. And so Paul gives us these very common sense images. Put on a belt of truth around your waist. What would that look like if right at our center, right at our core, there was truth? Truth and love, of course. Sometimes it might mean that I would rephrase something. Sometimes it might mean that I would say nothing. And sometimes it might mean I would say hard words in truth. But there'd be no fudging. There'd be no white lies, much less darker kinds. What would it mean to put on a breastplate of righteousness To have righteousness right here in front of us, wherever we go. The breastplate, of course, would cover the heart. Paul imagines our hearts to be covered with righteousness. That word in English, righteousness, comes from an old English word meaning right-wise. To be both virtuous and wise but to be wise in the right ways and the right things, to live from the heart, remembering that the head and the heart are always connected. Paul says that we should put on for shoes whatever it is that makes us ready for peace. He's talking about having a good foundation, a foundation that allows for peace, for us to talk about peace, to work for peace among other people, to encourage peace in what we say and where we go and in what we do. As many people have pointed out, one can't begin to to pray for peace or work for peace unless one knows a certain amount of peace in oneself. To a tiny extent, that's something some of us have been practicing this summer, every Sunday at 10, as we, we pray silently for 25 minutes. It's just practicing the awareness of the peace that's within us, if we'll only awaken to it. Then we can offer that peace to others. Faith itself, Paul says, is like a shield. It protects us from all kinds of things. Even if our faith is weak, it's a shield. Even if our faith is confused, even if it's conflicted, when the arrows of the evil one come, faith shows up and repels them. Many of you know that Senator John McCain died last night. And for most of his life, he was a loyal and faithful Episcopalian. In the last few years, I think he attended a great big Baptist church, but one wonders how much of that was political. 
He was raised an Episcopalian. He had a great-grandfather who was a priest. He went to Episcopal high schools. In fact, Senator McCain knew so much of the Book of Common Prayer and the Psalms by heart that there are stories of when he was a prisoner of war, he would lead services based on the Book of Common Prayer because he knew the prayers, he knew the liturgy, he knew the services. It was a part of him. It was a breastplate, it was a belt, it was in his heart. And so it was a shield when he needed it most and when others needed it most. That's what Paul is trying to tell us here, that God gives us a helping hand in all these various things that can be symbolized as clothing. Paul gives us an inventory of this sort of holy closet, the things that we can grab whenever we need. Some of us have spent time reading Julian of Norwich on Wednesdays in the summer last year and on Sunday mornings. Julian was that 14th century mystic and holy woman who had a vision of God and then wrote that vision down. And in one part she writes, God is our clothing. God is our clothing who wraps and enfolds us for love, embraces us and shelters us, surrounds us for his love, which is so tender that he might never desert us. To imagine God as the the seamstress or the tailor who, who holds the garment for us to simply relax and fall into. Often I think we're probably like a little kid whose mother is trying to get a winter coat on and as as the days are turning chillier and the kid struggles and fights and then finally gives up and the coat goes on. But to imagine God as that parent who's standing patiently waiting with just the right thing for us to put on, to comfort, to encourage, to strengthen In the gospel, Jesus continues to reflect with his disciples and followers on what it means for him to offer his full self, his body, his blood for the world, and for them to accept it and take it into themselves and live with Christ in them. One of the disciples says out loud what many of us might also think, this is a hard saying, Jesus. But Jesus suggests They simply go with it. Clothe yourselves in my spirit, Jesus says. Clothe yourselves in my light, in my love. God gives us the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, peacemaking shoes, a shield of faith, a helmet of salvation, and a sword of the spirit. All of them are custom-tailored to be exactly what you and I need. God never gives us a size that's too small or way too big, but exactly the right thing. And so as some of us run around to Labor Day clothing sales and get folks ready for school or work or new seasons, may we remember that at a deep, deep spiritual level, God provides As Julian says, God himself is our clothing who wraps and enfolds us for love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.